0: You can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The feed hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com.
1: Don't touch that dial. It's the Dogman Radio Hour on Houndsman XP. Your host, Ed Barnes and Tanner Herd. Now a word from our sponsors at Your Favorite Beverage Company. Yes, beverages are always refreshing and good for you too. So remember to stop and enjoy a nice cold beverage from Your Favorite Beverage Company. And now, let's catch up to the boys and hear their latest adventure on The Dalton.
2: Hey guys, uh, Tanner Hur here with Dogmen.
3: I got Ed Barnes, Cody Jenkins, Scott Hampton.
2: We uh, went out this morning with Scott. Was his decoy dogs. uh you know, a lot of learning. So we're just gonna t- do some talking about that and what went on.
3: So yeah, it was uh, it was something. Like it's been a long time since I hunted something with the dog and got the excitement that we we got this morning the first we did probably like four sets on coyotes and we saw i think we just saw one just drew in one coyote but uh the wind was kind of swirling and he caught wind of us and and he was gone but uh we set up the fifth set and and it it was something
2: (laughs) i mean it's hard to work the wind when you got ed barnes with you yeah Um, that's just part of it. I mean, I kind of told Scott that getting into it is we're kind of handicapped, but we're going to have to do what we can. So,
3: But, I mean, before we get too deep into it, uh, Scott, why don't you kind of tell – a lot of? I know a lot of people aren't familiar with uh, decoy dogs. I mean, we're, we're hunting coyotes with dogs that – not in a not in traditional sense of like running hounds, like running coyotes. It's a totally different deal. So why don't you kind of give everybody kind of a – explanation of what we're talking about okay um with the dogs you still have to call the coyotes in
1: but the coyotes have their pups you know usually around mid-april and they're real protective they don't want another canine in the area and the closer you can get set up to a den usually the the better luck you'll have but When um, the coyotes come in, we're usually playing some type of coyote vocal fight, distress, or something like that. And when they're coming to the call, the dogs will see them and go out to them, and coyote will usually turn and run. Dogs, you know, I usually let them chase them 50, 60 yards, and I'll tone the dogs back. And you saw how the dogs just kind of arc around and start to come back and look over their shoulder. Yeah. And coyotes will, you know, typically follow them in and they might nip one and they'll turn around and they'll chase it off again. The coyote might go into uh, some tall grass or a tree line and there's two or three more coyotes in there. So one can turn into two, can turn into three. And, but what they're doing is they're protecting their pups in their den. And right now we are, you know, on the cutting line of when they kick the pups out of the den or it's called dispersal, but they push the pups out of the den and they're not, so much in protection mode and you know we got that one today that wanted to work so um very well could have just turned and ran to never be seen again too
3: yeah that the the last set that we got some coyotes in like scott said that they weren't the coyotes weren't super aggressive uh he he's been showing us video for a couple weeks i mean of coyotes literally like 10 and 12 feet from the people uh because when they get to chasing those dogs, they kind of drop their, their guard a little bit, I guess you yeah. would say. Yeah, when they, when they lock in on the dog,
1: the um, ones that are going to work, wind is not a factor anymore. You know, you can be seen. Um, it changes. There's like a switch that flips, and they just go like a buck on a doe. That's it, They're just uh, totally different animal yeah. when that happens
2: yeah today uh i've call hunted in the past i mean i'm not saying i'm a call hunter but the wind's a big big factor in it and uh obviously you don't want to be seen uh the coyote come in on the last set seemed like pretty good wind but when he seen the dogs he come in it was circling cody was getting video of him and i mean i seen him look right at us there's four four guys sitting there all huddled up in one spot, and he still didn't bother. I mean, he knew he was there is what I'm trying to say, and the dogs had him so focused on them that he, I mean, any other time that would have been a no-go, it would have been over.
1: Yeah, and then the first one that came in, you know, he was close. He had to be close, and he looked, uh, you know, he might have been younger or whatever, and he didn't, you know, he didn't want any part of it. Mm And then that one, the one that worked, he came in once and then left and came back, didn't he? Yeah. <clears throat> and
3: that's what was kind of neat about it. was like I, I've uh, kind of like Tanner. I've done a little bit of call hunting with one of my uncles, but not very much. It's You know, I was a kid when we did it. But this was different because like the second guy that come in on the last set, we I mean, we thought we lost him. For whatever reason, he took back off and the dogs kind of chased him and And then Scott called the dogs back. I'm sitting there thinking it's over, you know, I mean, like we missed our shot on that on that one, but sure enough, that thing the dogs coaxed it back into into range
2: that uh today another thing i've been I've been amazed with is yeah we're we're not talking about a running bear or you're running a pig or you're trailing a coon or whatever, but the focus on them dogs is out of this world, I guess I would say, is they know what they're doing. They're not driving the track, but at the same time their wheels are turning and they're looking for – when that call goes off, that's what I was impressed with Scott, is they know what, they know what you're there for, you mm-hmm. know. And, um, yeah. Tell us a little bit about how you start. Per se, if I was going to do it, how would I go about getting started? I mean, just
1: – I tell – you know, I tell everybody, you know, get you a pup and if you're lucky get one that's going to turn eight or nine months in April because I usually you know the action usually gets pretty good early May Mm -hmm. and I don't like to have a dog younger than that out there because I mean the way I see it if I got a six-month-old pup out there and I get it rolled and it quits me that's on me Mm -hmm. if I got a dog that's eight or nine months old if it gets rolled and it quits that dog might be 15 months old before it gets rolled the first time. It's still going to quit mm-hmm. the way from what I've seen. And <clears throat> I don't, I don't do anything with those pups, but let them be puppies, play with them, get them out, mess with them. Um, the, like I was telling you guys earlier, teaching those dogs to come back to the tone, a couple hot dog weenies in 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. You just beep them and reward them and, you know, do that a couple of days and you pretty much got one tone broke. um, <clears throat> a lot of guys want to drag a, tail, a coyote tail around or a hide or whatever i don't think that hurts anything but i don't think it helps mm-hmm. and one thing that i tell tell everybody is don't kill a coyote and bring a dead coyote home and start dragging it around or dragging it behind the four-wheeler because that could shake a dog up you know they mature differently mm-hmm. i've had dogs that were probably ready at six months but i've had some that were not ready till they were 10 months And I don't want to do anything to shake that dog up. It's just like if you had one of your hog dogs was three, four months old and you put it in a pen with the hog and that dog, that hog rolled it, that dog might not want to have anything to do with pigs anymore, or it might light a fire in that dog.
2: Yeah, exactly. You got to, every dog is different. Um, Just like people, everyone's confident level Mm -hmm. is different than others. I mean, and you don't want to put them in a scenario that's gonna rattle their brain yep. right off the bat i, yeah. I get that 100 percent. yeah uh describe your dogs a little bit for us i mean
3: the breed and the
2: breed and and the size the size of your dog is it a big factor i mean
1: i've well as far as it when it comes to size i've had you know i had the little the dog poop that i showed you that you just saw the pictures of she's mm-hmm. 10 pounds that I've had, in June, I've had two coyotes come in that look like males, big coyotes coming in, and she take off to them, just her, turn and run, never to be seen again. Now, when you get coyotes working, say they come in and, like with the two dogs we had today, one of those dogs weighs about 28 pounds, the other one weighs right at 40. Not a whole lot of size difference, but there is some. But when you got a considerably smaller dog, when they start working, especially when you get three or more they will target the smaller dog you'll have more aggression towards that smaller dog Mm -hmm. Um, but as far as the initial if they're going to work they're going to work I just like the 40 45 pound dogs because they're big enough to handle themselves and they're small enough that um, if there is an intimidation factor they're usually you know I don't think they'd be too intimidating but and I've had um, I've had uh, blackmouth Catahoula cross dogs. I've had um, Mountain Kerr Jag cross dogs. Uh, the one dog today is half Donovan Pincher, half Jag Terrier. And the Donovan Pinchers are a protection dog. They've got like seven or eight different breeds. This guy took dog one, bred it to dog eight, got pups. Dog two to dog seven. And narrowed down to what he wanted with his cross. And um, <clears throat> and those dogs, they <clears throat> you can't just go find one. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to find somebody that's in that crowd that knows you're going to take that dog and use it for what it's supposed to be, what it's bred for. So they've stayed pretty pure. and um, But they've got, with what they've got, they've got Bulldog in them. They've got some Malinois in them. They've got some Dutch Shepherd, some Cane Corso. But they seem to have a pretty good prey drive mm-hmm. with everything that's mixed in them. And so she's half that and half Jag Terrier. And, <clears throat> you know, she's athletic. You can tell by, you know, mm-hmm. you saw she's she's athletic and can do quite a bit. And then um, I've had some with a little bit of everything. And then, you know, of course, the Patterdales. They're not big enough to do it, but what got that started was when I first started doing this, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Predator Masters Predator Masters Forum. So they've got coyote hunting, they've got lions, bears, and houndsman section and all that, and that's where all the decoy dog guys, you know, their conversations and all that happened. And they started talking about Patterdale Terriers talking about how they're crazy, they're nuts, they're insane, you can't control them, There's no way you can make a decoy dog out of them. And when I first started doing this, there were a couple of guys on that forum that were just critical of everything. They claimed their dogs would do this and they would do that. And there was never any video though. them. Oh, I'm too, you know, I'm not taking a camera, I'm too busy and all that. Well, one of the main guys somehow made a DVD on decoy dogs and it was an absolute joke. And there definitely wasn't any proof of his dogs doing the thing. Now I will say that guy breeds dogs; he breeds quality dogs. Mm-hmm. But the claims he was making, no, they they weren't happening. But they were critical of me and one of my buddies, so we just started filming. And I mean, I was we were throwing content after him, um, content after content, just you know to shove it in their face. And
3: with the Patterdells
1: with uh everything and then i had i'd had the patterdale and was doing it with her and it's like you know you're talking one of your deals the other day people were talking about why you do it and all that and i said whenever you're doing it to prove something to somebody else you're not having fun when you get to the point to where you're hunting you don't worry about what anybody else thinks about your dogs where you're satisfied with your dogs and you're having a good time that's when you win yeah but I went for years, and I mean, I felt like I needed to produce two or three videos a week or I was failing, mm-hmm. which wasn't the case at all. But um, that's what got me started with the Paterdell's. It was like, oh, I'll show you. You can decoy with the Paterdell. And I honestly, I just got lucky. I got the best dog I've ever had in my life, and she did it, and she loved it, and she was good at it. Now, she got hurt quite a bit because she's 10 pounds Mm -hmm. but um she loved to do it so i let her continue to do it and um but now mila she's a patterdale her mama was a little bitty dog and i bought her to use as a you know do terrier stuff with her to go on the ground and stuff and she turned out to be three times bigger than i was hoping (laughs) she'd be so she got to do this and she's pretty good at it and she enjoys it and you know they know when I throw those collars on them that it's time.
2: Yeah, they know. They knew as soon as they got out of the truck this morning. They hated us. basically when we pulled in the driveway this morning, they was, "You ready to go hunt?" And yeah. That's what they was telling us. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, it was just really, really impressive. It's, it's not that there's not that many people that do it. You know, right. so right. I've seen videos and you know coyotes up in your lap and stuff like that. And I thought, yeah, you know how how often does that happen? But today that coyote wasn't even it wasn't that aggressive i mean i'll tell you right. that but still yet them dogs knew how to work it enough and of course you're toning them back and and when you tone them they, but they still know the speed they don't just bull rush them Mm-mm. you know they they know to kind of high trot over there to them and and just kind of tease them you know that's
3: yeah i mean that we should probably mention that that some people might think that those dogs are going out and like fighting coyotes And we didn't see any of it today. I mean, we saw there was a little bit of nipping. Yep. But uh, from what you were telling us, like, I mean, they're not just going out and and balling up with these coyotes regularly. It's really like a – it's a a cat and mouse kind of – Well, one thing I've noticed is, and I learned
1: this when I was in New Mexico a few years ago because I actually stumbled across a den. Those coyotes, when they come in, when they leave, they are leaving opposite of where that den is they're not turning and going back Mm -hmm. in that direction. They're going somewhere else. So they're wanting to take that dog away Away. from that den. And then when the dog turns and starts coming back to us, when it's, you know, when they're not coming back towards the den, they're going to follow those dogs. And, you know, you saw that dog nipped Mila's butt and she turned around, and it was done, the dog took off. You know, sometimes earlier, you know, like say maybe June or July-ish, when those when they've got the pups are still younger, those coyotes will be a little more aggressive, yeah. and the you know they might hook up for five or six seconds. Yeah, but it's not that dog's job to fight, but they need to be able to.
2: Yeah, they got to be able to move, and they got to mm-hmm. be able to for themselves. Well, I think yeah. you
3: were saying that like that. I mean, that's the most like Tanner was asking about getting some dogs and starting this. I, I think you. I think you said that getting a dog that will actually go to the coyote is you can't train them. They just have to, they just have to have that naturally. And, and, and that was the big part of, yeah. Yeah.
1: If a, if a dog will go to a coyote, you can make a decoy dog out of it. But uh, I think a lot of people wind up their dogs are just companion on stand Mm -hmm. because number one, they want to shoot the coyote as soon as they get a chance. Mm -hmm. And you cannot make a decoy dog with the dog coming in and shooting it. You make a recovery dog. And secondly, the you know today was a beautiful day yeah. you know it got warm yeah. there at the end but when you start out and it's 85 87 degrees by nine o'clock and then at 9 30 it's 92 it's miserable yeah and there's ticks and there's spider everything you know there's a lot of it that sucks and guys you know they think well i'm just going to hunt in the fall and the winter well the coyotes don't work and it's hard to make a dog and uh that's why i think a lot of these guys you know when they ask questions you know i give them my opinion on stuff what's worked for me and it's not the easiest method Mm -hmm. so they'll talk to another guy that'll tell them something that's a whole lot excuse me a whole lot easier and i always ask them i said you need to get your advice from a guy who has dogs like you want your dogs to work and when they're talking to guys whose dogs don't see two coyotes a year what they tell him to do is easier. Just like the one guy I told you about recently, he um, had a guy tell him, you know, just tie your dog up beside you. If you're going to go out there and he's too, and you know, the dog's too young, that way you don't get the dog hurt. The last thing I want my dog to do is I don't want to be a safety blanket. Mm-hmm. I want that dog out in front of me. And you saw how those dogs will go out there and they'll watch and they'll look and then they'll kind of get bored and they'll trot down and they'll cover some ground I want a dog moving. I want him out there, there away from me. And
2: another thing is like yeah, we hunted some hay fields and stuff, but part of this was weeds, you know, it was some of this was over the dog's head. Yeah. And so I think you're in my opinion, I mean obviously I'm not an expert at this, this was my first time, but when they're moving like that, yeah, they're not like was, they're not beating a track. They're but they're getting a different angle. You know, they're they're on different ground. They're on this hill, they're on that hill, their trees are different. So yeah, I mean, I think I think that's as good as any. You don't want them yeah. to. And they was checking back in, is what I would call it today. You know, yeah. they'd come back by us, and but when when you when you hissed at them, I mean, they knew. Hey, he's yeah. telling me there's something close.
3: They knew there was a coyote. There. Yeah, they knew there was a coyote. And like you were talking about, like, so, you know, we've pretty much had basically four dry runs first thing this morning. Mm-hmm. So if you just want to shoot coyotes, it was it went to the. When we set up at the fifth one, you started calling in almost, I mean, within a Second. minute. It minute, oh, wasn't know, even a minute. Probably not a minute, but we had that one coyote pop up. You could have shot him right there.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. He's, um, what sat there for 15, 20 seconds before yeah. he moved. Yeah. I mean, but
4: every cop was come in he could have shot it just kind of gets yeah. the dog work
3: yeah we were waiting for the dogs to get into it and it's those,
4: those three we was like shoot it shoot it shoot
3: it <laughs> Yeah, on the on the second I don't know if it was the second or the third one I don't know if it was two or three but the the one that you ended up shooting you know he, he was working as you say mm-hmm. a little bit but it wasn't it wasn't like some of the videos of he, he
1: was coming back yeah but he wasn't he wasn't like super aggressive but it's enough that we had him irritated enough that he was
3: coming back yeah but we we saw some some dog work and then Scott goes you guys want me to shoot him and we're like
0: shoot that sucker now
5: (laughs) the Houndsman XP podcast network is powered by Cajun Lights all of your lighting needs for hunting can be taken care of at Cajun Lights they have three models of cap lights I'm going to run through them real quick. You've got the Rogaroo, which is their high-end light. If you're a competition hunter and you got to find that coon up in a tree and it's all riding on finding that coon, you'll want the roguru on your head. Next is the Bayou. That's a pretty standard light, but it's got packed with features. It's got multiple colors. It's got walking lights. It's got the red, the green, the amber. It's all built in right into that light. And then you have one of my personal favorites, the Micro Gator. The Micro Gator is an ultra-lightweight cap light. It's got all the features of a white light, red, green, and amber. I've used this light for everything, from finding bear tracks early in the morning, to coon hunting at night, to working on plumbing in the house, changing tires on the side of the road. My truck doesn't leave the driveway without a Cajun light in it, and that light is the Micro Gator. Every Cajun light is durable, made from the highest quality components, and it is backed by Cajuns top-rated customer service. Check out Cajun Lights. You can go to our website at houndsmanxp.com, go to our sponsors page, hit that link, it'll take you right to Cajun Lights. Check them out. They got a lot of stuff to offer over at Cajun Lights.
1: One of the videos I sent you uh, the other day, I was in Kansas with some guys that I go up there and hunt with a couple times a year, and, um, We got in last year we got into several stands. Good good solid stands. And then the other day that coyote comes in, the one that was just right there just barking. (laughs) And Jake shoots him. I'm like, What are you doing? And he no more than shoots him and you saw the dog standing there and then that other coyote come in. If he wouldn't have shot that coyote when that other dog came in, that would've been like that would have been awesome yeah but it was still a good stand but it wasn't near what it would have been and he was like man i'm sorry
3: i can't believe i did that so like so we didn't get to we didn't get to see it today but so like normally like so we just had single coyotes coming in for the most part yeah but the videos you've showed us sometimes it's multiple multiple coyotes coming in so let's say you do that and you know the dogs are working and you shoot one is that set over no like, you can, no. They'll keep coming you oh, after yeah. a shot. Yeah. Now
1: they're gonna run a little bit, but a lot of times when you've got multiple coyotes, and usually what I try to do is shoot the least aggressive coyote first. When I have one start backing off on me, I'll shoot it first, and most of the time, the one that gets is the least aggressive is the is the alpha male he lets the young dogs do the the young coyotes do the dirty work really yeah yeah
3: Yeah, i never i
1: wouldn't have guessed that yeah yeah he lets those those younger coyotes do the dirty work and you know when you shoot them sometimes they'll go well just like that one coyote you know he disappeared there for a minute he was over that deal the last time he came Mm -hmm. back you just keep and what i do is i mess with sounds like I changed. I played three different sounds on that coyote when he was up by that fence, mm-hmm. and when I'd have one that that perked him up, I'd play it, and then when he quit, I'd go back to one of the other ones. And that's that's <laughs> yeah. pure experimental. There's yeah. no science or proven mm-hmm. technique behind that. It's just what I like to do, and but you know that other one, those other ones come back. They might one of them might um, packle up and you know get. 30 40 yards from you and then you pop him and then the other one might squirt off and come back but it's yeah it's not uncommon to shoot those coyotes come
3: back i think mean, that to me that was the favorite part my favorite part was that you know we thought we lost that coyote and you just kept calling and the dogs were out there working and then Sure enough he popped over that knoll and I was like, I can't believe this thing came back. You know? Well
4: the first time when we seen when we first seen him up against the Fentro, he seen us and left. But yeah. he seen them dogs and he wanted to come back because they caught his interest. Yeah, yeah.
3: They I mean they like like Tanner said, they definitely knew we were there. And then
4: you kept changing the call and he'd get excited and start hopping up over the top of the grass.
3: Yeah. And that,
1: you know, like and with that grass, you know, we couldn't we couldn't get lucky enough to call one in on a cut hayfield. Mm-hmm. But that grass, you know, I told those dogs. C-c-c-c-c-c-c-c and they took off where they need to go they just didn't go far enough but they couldn't see yeah you know you just nobody nobody could, nobody could see anybody and then finally you know then the dogs turn around and start trotting and the damn coyote starts moving it's like oh gosh and you can't like you can't do anything if i were to have done anything i just let them come back i wait till they turn and get back and then i'll try to hype them up again
2: yeah and and like at that one time, they might have been thirty yards from each other, mm-hmm. you know, and they they didn't know each other was there. So it, the patience on the trigger is another thing. If you want to make one, I would say everything you have to you have to dang sure take a chance of not killing that coyote yeah. to get them to get them started. Now, now
1: when you've got guys like the government guys in the Dakotas and Wyoming and all that, that their job is dead coyotes. They're gonna sometimes shoot them sooner than yeah. a recreational yeah. guy like me would mm-hmm. but i tell people take your rifle set it up in the sticks and set it three feet from you mm-hmm. just because if you're going to make a dog you're it's not about shooting coyotes yeah. it's about
3: letting the dogs do what they do and then getting the coyote killed i mean that's the same and that's the same in a lot of you know dog hunting like when we're training pups Lots of times you go out with the mindset of we're probably not going to tie a hog tonight. Sometimes I mean, lots of times we do, but I always try to tell myself like that's not the goal. Putting pigs on the ground tonight is not the number one goal. It's getting them the dogs' exposure and getting the training started.
2: Like when you get a bay, uh, when you're pig hunting, when you got a puppy out there, or a young dog, you don't you don't hustle. I mean, that makes a lot of sense, but. The dogs we run, they're not real rough. You know, they're going to stay back in bay. The more that puppy can work that bay, if the hog breaks and runs, you know, even if they lose him, if that puppy can pick that track back up, that's a huge win. A huge win, you yeah. know, and uh, that's the same thing.
3: You you mentioned that you've hunted in, in quite a few different states. Have you noticed that the coyotes are different in any of the states that you've hunted?
1: Up? in south dakota and montana up in those areas where the country's just vast just huge um first time i ever went up there we'd been there two days and killed one or two coyotes and every coyote like if you read the book it's going to tell you when the coyote hears a call it's going to try to get downwind and all that most coyotes i kill around here are they come to the call and i'm not saying that i don't have coyotes get behind me and bust me because they get downwind of me but I focus on where I want to put the coyote and where he's at, and not letting the wind blow to him. Up there, they followed the book. I mean, they did exactly like the textbook tells you. They would go downwind, and I would be sitting on the edge of a. You couldn't sit in a chair. We just sat on pads on the ground because this, you know, there was no flat ground, and you'd see a coyote six, seven, eight hundred yards just trotting across.
3: You, to think, get you the, think part to, of that's probably the the vastness of that. I think
1: it's the vastness of it and i don't really know what else to contribute to it but there's but they definitely they played they did the wind and what we wound up doing the third day typically i want the the wind blowing in my face or across me crosswind or you know straight at me what we wound up doing was setting the call out and having one of us would go about 300 yards downwind of the call and had to still shoot coyotes at two and three hundred yards. But we killed we killed five doing that. But it was just totally different. But up there, another thing about up there, you know, we go places here, you can pull up on X or Google Earth or whatever, and I can kinda look at stuff and say this is probably where the coyotes are. Yeah. Up there everything's the same and there's so much of it you almost had to get lucky.
3: Yeah, I mean you know, not that obviously we're not experts, but like when we would pull up to spots this morning, I mean, part of it is kind of your point in that direction, but you could kind of tell like that area is probably going to hold coyotes. Mm-hmm. But that's what messed us up this morning was that we would, wind we would us. set up with the wind going one way, and by the time we got our chairs set down, <laughs> it had spun back around. Yeah. And I think you said that you know when you're calling coyotes, what were the what were the three important things? Wind wind and wind yeah those are the first
1: three that's right
2: Um, have you ever i mean i know you got two dogs out there with you but have you ever tried like snit control i mean no you never have Uh,
1: no um i mean you think about it you got cadaver dogs Mm -hmm. that can find a dead body 20 feet in the ground covered with coffee grounds diesel pig manure you're just not gonna fool their nose yeah um there's guys that want to promote those products and stuff and there's you know my my challenge to them is set a little ribbon out there where it shows which way the wind's blowing where you're sitting and call me a coyote up using whatever you want to do Mm -hmm. get me a coyote that will come that you can put in your scent cone with any product you got it just it's not going to happen now i've had dumb luck like the one i told you i'm calling coyote comes in this is during the winter no dogs shoot him two minutes later another coyote comes in from a different direction shoot him call for a little bit more nothing else is going to come in finish the stand stand up wind blowing straight in my face stand up and 75 yards behind me i got a coyote sitting on his butt just looking at me Mm -hmm. so i'm not saying that they but if you're banking on any type of scent control to save you from a coyote busting you it's just it's foolish it's a waste of time
3: so you only you only use dogs what may through september
1: yeah and then uh, during the fall and winter i'll take them every now and then just to get them out of the house and you know they chase coyotes off i don't care it's not hurting Mm. hurting anything so i just but they're they're effective like right now maybe another week or two you'll you're going to see that we could go out and i'd say nine out of ten coyotes we call are going to run we might have one that might follow them back to a couple hundred yards but they're not going to be aggressive.
3: Do you think that on that last set this morning, do you think that den was probably behind us up there? by the, That one come out by the gate up against the fence. Do yep. you think the den was probably behind us somewhere? Uh, it's hard to
1: say because that place, that's only the second time I've been to that place ever. And I don't know what it looks like beyond there. But most – not I don't even know if typically is the right word – but by the by the book they're going to be on the edge of a hill that's facing east near water so where we were when that rolled over you know there was water in a lot of places i don't know if it was due east directly east but i think if i was guessing up there behind that gate where the where the gate was Mm -hmm. if you rolled off in there it's somewhere within a couple hundred yards of there and that first one, who knows? I mean, he might have been laying in the grass. Yeah. I think on, he, yeah at that fe- on the fence at the corner. We, we know more had our chairs set yeah. up. That. I know. Yeah. yeah. And,
4: uh, you just turned think. on the call, it wasn't yeah. ten seconds. Yeah. on um,
2: on your call, go back to that. On your volume, I seen you I think you was playing with your volume some. Yeah. You know, on your you do get higher for a little while, then you go low and yeah. what's your what's your main reason? that just responses or
1: uh, I just I don't call real loud mm-hmm. and then there's times like on the one that came in that that busted us or got our wind I turned it up there because where he came from is where they usually come from and I wanted to just get some more volume out mm-hmm. there um, but whenever you know I'm in a place that's a little more tight I don't want to just blast blow it. it out yeah
3: one thing that struck me <clears throat> was that like how old were those dogs that we hunted this morning? Three. So I mean they've been around.
1: They're three or four. They might be four.
3: You but you would start, you know, uh, and you gotta mention you, you're you're pl- you are calling coyote sounds, mm-hmm. not mealtime sounds. Right. For the most part. But right. so but what what I was gonna say was that what struck me was that you would start making those coyote calls and those mm-hmm. dogs that are pretty experienced they would perk up at the call itself and it's yeah. i was like Man. there were
4: certain calls i noticed yeah. that sometimes yeah. they, they get real serious acting yeah. when you turn on a certain call yeah.
3: but i was like you know calls have gotten pretty uh, advanced when seasons dog they're kind of fooling seasoned dogs yeah both those dogs are four i just looked up they just turned four
1: yeah um say we like the canine one of those sounds i played is just canine puppies it's just a litter of puppies domestic puppies just whining how they how they sound uh that's kind of a prey sound and a, a vocalization mm-hmm. sound it kind of covers both yeah and but if i went out and say we sit down and we just turned on rabbit had a coyote or two coyotes coming in they're in hunt mode then not saying they won't work the dogs but whenever they're coming to a coyote fight or a distress or something like that, they're in a different mode. they're coming to protect. they're looking to see what's going on. so um, now, I have in the past used like coyote growls and fawn distress with pretty good success, but I don't depend on many prey sounds. Uh, even you know even in the fall and winter, I don't play I play way more vocalizations than I do mm.
5: prey.
3: Were, did you come from any other dog sports? Is this your your first uh-uh. hunting with dogs? That's it. Really? Yeah,
1: I was watching um, TV, and there was a guy named Cal Taylor. He's the guy from Wyoming, the government guy from Wyoming that I told you about. And they had uh, on one of the channels, it was called, they called it Coyote Hunting Has Gone to the Dogs, and him and the guy he hunted with um, – they were doing this decoy dog deal, and I'm like, "Wow, that's cool." Yeah, I didn't know anything about dogs. Really? I Didn't know anything about dogs. You
3: never have you ever? You've never run, like running hound type open on nope, do- on nope. coyotes. When I was a kid, you know, I was
1: born in 1970, so 77, 78, 80ish. My grandpa hunted birds, and he always had two dogs. He had a seasoned dog and a young dog, and I think he ha- had pretty good dogs. You know, of course, I guess everybody thinks their grandpa's dogs are great, but the guys he hunted with, they used, they, they had, I think they had pretty solid dogs. So I had hunted birds with my grandpa before, you know, and he had, you know, had the whistle. There weren't any training collars or anything like that. He just had a whistle that he carried and, um, but I hadn't done anything else with dogs at all
2: did you uh i mean did you call hunt before that or
1: I just started just started just started i had I had been hunting coyotes for months, yeah, before I saw it, and then I got interested in it
2: so what uh what year was that
1: 2010
2: ten because yeah. I mean like I said, I've seen some videos on it and and stuff like that but there's really in our area there's there's not very many people that not that do really it. not and, really. Uh, there's a lot of people that call hunt, and, oh, you know, it's yeah. getting big around. Yeah. And that's another thing that you was talking about is is, is your pressure. Yeah. On, on your coyotes and stuff is the, the education on them.
1: Yeah. I used to, five or six years ago, I had, you know, there for several years, I hunted 150-plus days a year. When I got off work, I knew where I was going. There's times I drove to Okema you know, over an hour away to make one stand. Mm -hmm. But I had what I called 80 percenters. I knew that 80% of the time I was gonna call coyotes there. And I'd do that. And then there'd be times that I was a little closer to the house, I was gonna get here at this time. I was gonna be there no longer than this many minutes. And I was in the truck driving to the next one, make that second stand. Mm -hmm. But they were productive, Mm -hmm. you know, and now, okay, here's another thing back that far back eight out of ten coyotes that i called in would work a dog now it's two out of ten really yeah and calling way fewer in and then with uh you know thermal being legal now it's going to be so hard to call coyote in the next year and a half two years it's already hard but it's going to get really hard
2: yeah and the thermal the thermal deal is just getting started in our area um and we do have the hills that make it harder i mean just the terrain you know it's, yeah. it's getting around but but yeah it's gonna for the thermal guys yeah it,
1: it's awesome you know they
2: they enjoy doing it it
1: is at the moment
2: but uh, the new <laughs> wear off <office for, laughs> I hope anyways yeah <laughs> me too I
1: hated it that they legalized it because you know I was telling you guys that I know some guys from like the eastern states where they've been able to use thermal for several years before now and There were guys that um, seriously didn't kill three or four coyotes a year. Mm -hmm. Then they got thermal, and they started killing 10 or 12 a month. And that's a drastic increase. Mm -hmm. And after about two years, instead of killing 10 or 12 a month, they're killing two, three, or four a month. Mm -hmm. And it will continue to increasingly get worse. And that's the same thing around here, because I guarantee you if you can't call a coyote in the dark, you're not going to call one during the day.
2: Do you ever... I mean, it would have to be real close range. You ever use your dogs at
1: night? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the thing about it, coyotes are are not terribly aggressive, but they are aggressive at night year round. Really? Yeah, more so than they would be in the day. Yeah. Yeah. And, that, and that's a, you know, with that, there's so much luck involved with that, with those dogs, how they'll go out. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're going out and they cross paths or whatever, that works out great. That say we're calling and we have a coyote coming across here and I've got a dog standing over there mm-hmm. and the wind's not blowing right. They don't have a clue. Yeah. So it's just, you know, you just shoot the coyote and get him killed. Mm-hmm. But if they're coming in or, you know, especially with thermal, you know, you can look up and you can see what's going on. So you know that there's a good chance there, or if I got a dog over here and a coyote's coming across, I start toning those dogs, try to get them to cross D. paths or, or their wind hit each other. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little more difficult, but, Whenever it does happen, the coyotes are still aggressive in the winter. Yeah.
2: And that's that's another thing on the wind. We use the wind for our dogs, you know. Sure. You, but it's a factor for you on for your calling, you know. And uh, we try to drive their noses into the wind, yes. you know. And uh, so it, it's it all comes back around to a dog's nose, I guess. As well. Yeah. well,
1: and it's like with your pigs. If you knew, say, you had an eighty and you could get – you could access it from any direction. And you go in and you stop your truck and you get out of your truck and the wind that you're backing it blows where those pigs are mm-hmm. 600 yards away. They're going to smell you and they're going to leave. Yeah. And then, you know, you've got the advantage of, number one, the pigs don't know that you're there when you've got the wind helping your dogs. But, with, you know, with the coyotes, you know, if they hit your scent cone, I mean, that scent goes out like that. And if they hit it, if with their, if they're 400 yards or closer – Man, they're going to turn and go the other way.
2: Yeah, that that one today where I think it was the, the set before we, yep. we got on that coyote. I mean, Cody got it on video. I mean, just he was coming in fast as he could, and as soon as he hit that scent cone, he he spun on a dime and was yep. gone. So,
3: and there was no getting him back. No, he was at 100 yeah. yards and then
2: 300 in a matter yeah. of seconds.
1: Yeah, he wasn't locked in on the dog, so there wasn't any getting him back. And I hear a lot of guys that that hunt deer talk about you know coyotes will come by you know they're just doing what they do so they come by and they shoot him with the bow and then they talk about yeah this coyote came in on my trail where i walked in and as soon as he hit it he turned and was gone mm-hmm.
3: so you know their their nose keeps them alive yeah exactly And um, it's a smart animal yeah, very and that, and that was something else i don't know if we touched on it or not but i think it was at that i think it was it was at that set where the the coyote caught us but uh it was after that the dogs got out about three four hundred i mean they will go out and hunt and you you were saying it's not as common but instead of the cow coming to the call the dogs will go out and and find find their own coyote and kind of bring it back and that's the thing about these dogs
1: these are the two best dogs i've ever had and i've had some really nice dogs but just you know they'll get bored and you know well yeah, there's times that they're 300 yards out here doing doing what they're doing and i got coyotes over here and i can't get the dogs called back quick enough to get any interaction with the two mm-hmm. and you just wind up shooting the coyote but yeah. um, it's kind of a double-edged sword but i like it i like it when they go down in there because a lot of times you know they'll run across the coyote mm-hmm. and you'll hear the fight'll break out, and you'll they'll come back with
3: coyotes yeah, it was this morning was something. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. That, that, uh, that's another thing with us is was, I can't tell you how many times is we'll have two dogs out there, eight hundred yards, nine hundred. Like, Man, they're they're getting after it, you know, and then you got one that oh yeah, he's milling around 150, hundred and fifty, two hundred, and you're gonna be mad at him like, oh, da da da, da, da. And then he'll end up being the one that finds the pig on the other
1: side of the road. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just how it works. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I like it when, like, the area where we were at, I liked how they were just out there a little bit looking, and then they cruised out one time and mm-hmm. came back and turned and looked. Um, I mean, none of them are going to be perfect. There's going to – I don't know of a single person that has a dog that they won't tell you has a couple of flaws. They've all got flaws, but I really – you know the flaws that mine have.
3: I'll, I'll take them. I can. I can handle it. I can handle it. I mean, the control you had on them. I mean, and and getting an understanding of. I mean, getting an understanding of it today. It's paramount that you have that control.
1: Yeah. And you know, uh, the majority of that comes from when I get home from work. I open that gate and I let those dogs out. And you know, I can. Tell them stay close, and I don't know that they comprehend it or not, but when I tell them stay close, they don't go very far past those trees, and I can call them back. Now, across the street here or across the property line here, there's some old sheds, and there's something that burrows down in there, and a lot of times i got to go recover dogs over there because they're in a hole or trying to get in a hole, but for the most part, you know, I've got them out here, and I'll whistle them back, come on, you know. And get them to come back, pet them, love on them, then let them mill around, and you know they're
3: just they're handled a bunch. Yeah, I mean think about it. So, the big dog doesn't have any Patterdale in it, right? She's got Jag in her. Jag in her, but yeah, that's pretty much the same thing. I mean, not the same thing, but she's got some Terrier in her. It points to the same point. Mm -hmm. So you got a, a, a Jag cross and a Patterdale that at one point this morning were chasing a coyote. And you just toned them, and they stopped, yeah. and come back to yeah. us and they to, get, around and come to back. get to get yeah. them to chase us. And a lot of people would think uh, you can't make a terrier do that. Like when they lock in on game, they yeah, uh,
4: it's hard for any hunting dog, really.
3: Yeah.
1: Well, and you know that's the thing with the patterdales. I don't know. Maybe I'm sure hog guys probably do it too, but they argue with each other and they fight whose dog's best who's this who's that you know when you get a dog in the ground with a coon if you've got a dog that is aggressive and wants to hook up with one they're going to get banged up you know they're probably going to have to go to the vet or they're going to be down for two or three weeks you get a dog that'll get down in there and just bay and bark at one and not mix it up with them you hunt that dog the next day and those guys egos get those dogs hurt and some dogs are just what they are you know they're hard dogs and they're going to do what they do but with you know I like telling you I handle them I handle them all the time now there's times that they're fresh maybe say you go somewhere and first stand they get on something and it takes off running I might have to switch over to momentary and tap them to (laughs) get their attention but no they uh and another thing like you might have seen whenever Mila she, she kinda wants to do terrier stuff all the time. I'd beep that collar, I just beep it and she'll come stand and she'll start looking. Mm-hmm. She knows it's like, Hey, you know, I get her attention and she comes back and gets back in the game. Back to reality. Yeah.
5: You know what app I use on my phone more than any other app besides the podcast app to listen to this here podcast, I use Onyx. Onyx Maps is the most comprehensive mapping system for hunters on the market today. I use it all the time. When I was in New Mexico. I was looking at 40,000 acres of ranch that I needed to learn. I flip open OnX and just start studying, studying the map. When I'm riding trails, I put the tracking app on. It helps me get around in strange country. I could mark water sources, food sources, bear sign, just all kinds of options within OnX. You need to check out OnX maps by going to houndsmanxp.com, click on the link, On our sponsor page, you'll go right to Onyx Maps, and when you check out, enter the code HXP20, and you will get 20% off of your order. Know where you stand with Onyx.
2: On our first set this morning, we was in a hay field. Uh, Hay was still in it, the bales. We were just propped up against some hay bales. and I was kinda low, and I seen some movement off to our right, and I kinda told these guys, because I couldn't tell if it was coyote or a bigfoot but uh end up being deer well the dogs they see movement yeah. you know and i swear they they take off that way and i like oh here we go <laughs> <laughs> want ed's dogs again <laughs> but no I, I swear just by the way they ran and kind of the, the path they took they was they was almost like they were seeing what was flushing those deer out of there yeah i swear yeah I mean, yeah yeah and uh yeah but it was it was something to see. I mean, it's just
3: that was pretty no, that was pretty nice because that was our first set. Once again, you just hit the call, and then they yeah. were they were how far do you think they were? A couple hundred from us. A couple hundred. Yeah. yeah. So we couldn't make them out at first. We thought we all kind of momentarily thought they were coyote, and I was like, oh man. Yeah, I was like, ready? We're just That's not I said,
1: I said, Man, we're getting and spoiled then, today. The, yeah. yeah. Then when he said there's two, I'm like, oh yeah. I <laughs> zoomed in that camera and I
2: said, uh oh, they're deer. <laughs> But no, it, it it didn't need to be too easy on us. We wanted it to.
3: Like I like I said, it. I mean, sometimes it's better when it's when it's not quite so easy.
2: Yeah, you need a little bit of a reward at the end.
3: It it was a, it was a reward. I mean, I can't explain. Like like I said, I, I've watched videos of it, but it's not, watching oh, the video, videos don't do it justice. It's it, not the same thing.
4: No, you got to be in person to see that. And it's
2: kind of I don't know how, what I would say, but the. When they're going back and forth, you know, it's almost like a chess match for yeah. those those dogs. They, yeah. they run them out there just long enough to kind of get their bluff in on them, you know. And then they ease their way back, and that coyote kind of thinks he's winning, you know, mm-hmm. and he's kind of pushing them off. And then, I don't know, it's, it's just it has to be the dog to do it, I think, you know, not to just bull rush one, to act like he's just going to jump all yeah. over him, you know. I mean, they was – yeah, They're playing that coyote. Oh, yeah, they were just playing. They was having fun. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. And then, you know, it's you talk about seeing it on film and stuff. You have a coyote follow a dog in, and he's standing from here to that building. And just you're sitting right there. He's, yeah. he's just going nuts. It is exciting to me the 50th time as it was the first. Yeah. It's just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and
2: they focus on – on those coyotes so much I mean me and Cody Showed up wearing camo And, and Ed gets out And he's in like A bedazzled shirt and <laughs> yeah. Pearl snaps and Yeah Has his bald head out really? I was like You know I, told, I felt bad
4: When we come here But
2: We <laughs> still got the
3: coyote. <laughs> well, we, we
4: call hunted a bunch You gotta be wearing You better be hitting If you ain't got dogs Yeah,
3: yeah, I yeah them, but I mean, That's what I'm saying Them coyotes like They knew we were there Yeah That's what kind of Blows my mind Like they knew We were there
4: Especially that one. I mean, he saw us right off the back, but he caught them dogs' attention, yeah. and he was focused on them dogs the whole time. He left and then come back to see if they're still there. Yeah. Do you, do you think that gets to be
2: – they're just a top priority at the time? I mean, they just – they focus so
1: much on those dogs. Yeah, that- it's it's a protection deal. They they are protecting something. There's pups around. And like right now, you know, those pups are – they're not babies. Yeah. You know, they're they're bigger. But, you know – they are just being protective
3: like we were talking about this morning like coyotes are very i said pack but and i was a little bit wrong but you you corrected me and said family so they're so focused on keeping their population at its peak safe they want them safe
1: yeah and like you know we were talking about if you've got an area say there's some construction kicks off or whatever and part of their territory is not like it used to be and it won't if it'll maintain if their area is going to maintain 7 coyotes there's going to be 7 there if it won't they'll push something out they'll they'll force one out and if you're in somewhere that will hold 9 there's going to be 9 and when you kill one kill two whatever you've got The transient coyotes especially right now this time of year they're out they've been kicked out of the house they're trying to find a group to to um, get with and be accepted and you know they'll hear you know they'll cruise around and they'll hear that group howl or whatever and they might pass back through there three days later and the group howl sounds off and that one or two is not there they they know they can tell they're going to go in and look they're going to investigate they might be accepted they might not
2: you was not carrying all kinds of stuff i mean no you have your call your gun my chair decent chair and, and a, my tripod and, and a tripod. And, uh your dogs i mean they know enough what's going on they don't they're not running off and doing whatever I, i'm kind of envy of it is we could do this on a work night and still get some sleep
3: it's something to think
2: about.
4: We're at the point where we get too addicted and want to hunt all night.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, uh, I just I basic. I got my chair, mm-hmm. my call, my remote, yeah. my dog remote. Yeah. You know, that's on that harness. And I either a tripod or shooting sticks and mm-hmm. you know, in my pack and my rifle. So I just put it all in the pack, throw it over my shoulders and You're set basically. Yeah.
3: And it wasn't a whole lot it wasn't a whole lot of walking. Pretty much hide the truck and get a little ways away from the truck but it wasn't like we were hunting i've got
1: places where there is a lot of walking yeah but um today i just i tried to set it up where we didn't have to get in and out quick and or try to you know have to walk three eighths half a mile one way and then turn around and go the next one because it seemed like
3: you know it seems like you know when you when you make a set you know pretty pretty quick whether it's going to be productive or not, is that yeah. right? Yeah, and there, you know, and there's
1: sometimes where you might be the 18 minute mark and boom, there's a coyote. But with this, you know, most of the time, doing it what we're doing, and with it being not being about food and all that, it's more of a there's an urgency and they show up and they, you know, they so it, it, just taken care it of. usually happens quicker. How far
3: do you think? So, how far do you think a coyote? That heard those calls would travel to get to it. I'd say if
1: you're three hundred yards or closer to a den, you're going to have a higher success rate. If I have, well, perfect example, whenever we were in Montana, <clears throat> have coyotes come into you know four hundred yards and just set and watch. They wouldn't. We weren't close enough to be a bother, a bother to them or a concern but they would come in and they'd sit and they'd watch. And I they'd, wonder if – I
3: wonder in that big country you're talking about, I wonder if a coyote's range is bigger than it is here. I think it is. I think it almost have to be,
1: but I can't prove it. But I know that, I, you know, up there I've had coyotes circle and get down wind half a mile away, and I can't tell you, you know – what's their range? Will this 640 acres hold two groups or will it hold three or will it hold one? So I don't really know. Um, I was telling you the one in Wyoming, that one male coyote that those government guys killed, he was going seven miles. There were not sheep within seven miles of where he was. And he was coming in every other night killing. He'd fill his gut up. And then he would carry back like a small lamb or whatever, and they intercepted him and got him killed, and that ended the sheep killing. So he traveled a long ways. Yeah, at least
3: seven miles. A long ways. Yeah.
2: And I will say before we go, he did make a good shot. <laughs>
3: it's a pretty good shot.
2: <laughs> the, the pressure was on with a camera on him. That Cody well, did, Cody didn't get the shot. The guy yeah.
3: <laughs> We don't. We don't know. We're not a hundred percent sure whether it was.
4: We're going to have to work on the cameraman.
3: We don't know if that was filmed or not at this point. Yeah, free oh.
4: cameraman, I mean, that's all you
2: can ask for. Yeah.
3: If anybody out there is a, is a good cameraman and is looking for a job that pays nothing, yeah. we have this on <laughs> It's an apprentice, ain't it? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I would say, I mean, just in, in closing, I would say if anybody out there gets a chance, especially if you're into dog hunting if you get a chance to go with somebody do it, do it. absolutely and it, i mean if you and if you don't have that opportunity uh get on one of the internet sites and uh look up some videos it's not the same thing but it's still pretty darn impressive mm-hmm. Th- these dogs are working i mean it's a different ty- it's a totally different type of work i'm trying to figure out what it's almost disciplined
1: Mm -hmm. without it's discipline
3: without discipline
1: because i everything those dogs do other than toning them they are just doing what they do i can't make a dog do something a certain way every dog kind of develops its own style um but with the exception of hitting that tone button it's just they're just doing what they know
3: to do and they you know they like it it's almost i mean it's like obviously we're hunting but it is, and I'm not trying to, to discredit the dogs, but it's almost more like they're like a working dog as opposed to like a hunting dog. Even True,
1: they're, yeah, they're not going to find anything. They're not, you know, bayonet, it's, it's yeah. a combination. I'd probably say 80% working, 20% hunting, because I feel like when they go out, they're working, but they're also hunting. Mm-hmm. They're trying to find their own, and those two are really good at finding their own.
2: Yeah, I mean, they're using their nose. But a lot of it, they're using their brain how to work that coyote and yeah. bring him back to you.
3: Like when we first got started, we're, you know, me and Tanner are watching dogs, and I think we were leaving that that first set, and Tanner goes, "The big dog is doing all the thinking," and he's like, "I got a feeling that little dog is probably a shit starter." <laughs> like- I tell you, I tell you what, she
1: will. Uh, it, she doesn't travel as fast as the big dog and i i got some the videos some of the videos i wanted to send you they're too long they won't let it won't let me send them but we had we were in montana and this coyote came in and it was probably i think when daniel shot him he was 478 yards out but they were going and coming back and the coyote just wouldn't come any closer and fortunately i was with a couple of guys that are precision long range shooters so 400 yards ain't nothing ain't nothing to them and um, they just kept going and coming and then when they came back they were probably 250 yards from the coyote because i kept toning them back hoping that coyote would break and come on in and it never did so they shot and hooker takes off you know she runs up there and she's she's there and mila's going behind her she's about seven or eight seconds behind her and daniel goes oh short stuff she's gonna get there It might take her a while but she and i mean she runs in there and hits that i hope just wham she's not scared of nothing
2: yeah you can just when we got when you pulled in the driveway this morning i could just you could just tell by her attitude just she steps where she wants to step
3: yeah, yeah. and yeah we should mention that we, we should probably let's get some video before we leave but scott has one of the best kennel setups i've seen i mean it, it, Thank you. it it's top notch mm-hmm. it's got it's got my brain as it's as we it would
2: be wanting to move in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's nice when Ed's house is it? <laughs>
3: I could sleep in
1: that building with the dogs.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, I can show you. I can tell you what I'd change if I was going to do it again. What would you change? I would make, well, I mean, where we live, it's not in town, but there's neighbors. And I probably wouldn't want to do it here. But if I was a little more remote like we used to be, where you come off there, where the drain is, to flush everything down, I would extend out past that further, whatever I could afford panel-wise, or maybe even fencing, to keep those dogs, they're on concrete all the time. And I put that pad heel and that muster stuff, I mm-hmm. treat them with that every twice a week or whatever, but that hot concrete will kind of wear on their paws. And hell, it might toughen them up. But it, does, it, it does toughen them. But it toughens them up, but they still need – a little moisture added to yeah. them. An, a- an animal needs dirt. Yeah. I mean, so I would, I would extend those runs out another 10,
3: 15 feet, whatever, where they, they could get on dirt when they want to. Yeah. We should explain it. He's got, he has a, uh, how big is that outbuilding? 12 by 20. He's got a 12 by 20 building. And then off of one side, he has runs of kennels that, that go off the side of the building. And then the building is air conditioned. Does it have
1: heat in it? yeah i got a mini split in it but the problem with the mini split the lowest the temperature goes 62 so i just use a little stand up peter i keep it about
3: 45 in there in the winter so the dog so the dog's inside the dog can access the building through a door that, that's unhinged so they can get out of the weather if they want and they've got a little uh it's crate so just a crate inside that they can they can sleep in or hang out when it's hot or cold yeah and then he's got on the out just outside of his kennel spaces he has concrete poured past the the panels and then he has a sloping trough trough in the concrete that goes to a septic tank just for the dogs. There's no dog smell. Like I, I imagined inside the building that there would be like dog smell, but all you could smell was cedar. Yeah. Yeah, and I use that enzyme, some enzyme deal. For the for the
1: septic tank, no, not, no, not for the hunts skunks, for the odor. Oh, <laughs> hey, listen, those are the two. Those are two champion skunk dogs. We're gonna have to have a skunk hunt. We did last year because I, I think I can
3: hang. <laughs> yeah, we did have a competition skunk yep. hunt, and what happened, Tanner? We lost. Yeah, <laughs> couldn't believe it. But well, that's because we left Ed's dogs at home <laughs> <it>? <laughs> yeah. You yeah. say that? When was the last time my dogs caught a skunk?
2: when's the last time your dog's caught anything <laughs> 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 i'm just kidding
3: kinda. yeah it's about time to quit <laughs> <laughs> we're done here
2: we're fight, so. well i just want to thank you for taking us main thing oh, you bet before you we bet. go oh, i've already got my my dates down for next year and mm-hmm. places where we need to go so
3: yeah, I think next year we're going to come hook up with you a little bit earlier. earlier. Yeah. this We're recording this. It's September 8th, 9th. 9th. It's the 9th. And like we were, like Scott was saying earlier, like we're right kind of on the tail end of it, and the coyotes just weren't quite aggressive enough. So if we'd have probably – we were going to try to this, do this a few weeks earlier, yeah, but it was just so hot. So, hot. Yeah. so next year we'll get at it a little
1: bit sooner. Well, I – i appreciate you guys having me I, re, I really respect you as you know dog men and the things you do with your dogs and I, i'm actually I, i'm kind of honored that you thought enough of me that to you know let me be on here and come hunt with me well
3: it was super fun
4: yeah <laughs> yeah i've hunted i've called in a lot of cats, but hunting with dogs is my new way to do it now yeah. <laughs> there'll be
2: a
3: there'll be episode two there will be good deal So we'll see y'all next time.
2: Yep. Thank you guys for listening. And
3: uh, check out decoy dogs. Yep. Check out Scott Hampton. Mm -hmm.